You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Prepare yourself. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. Thank you, voice of female God. <laughs> that was interesting. I've never heard that. You, you, you've never heard it when it's like this. This audio is now being recorded. It's awesome because, like, growing up, I used to always want there to be like an artificial intelligence with like a sexy female voice telling me things. So when Siri came like in out, the movies, yeah, yeah, like when Siri came out, I was really excited. Now I hate Siri, so I muted her because I don't like her telling me what to do. But you know, it's just nice when right. it's like random and unexpected like that. Yeah, no. Well, that's the best. That's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be when you freak out, you know, and get worked up. Exactly. But anyway, Spike Cohen, vice presidential candidate running alongside Vermin Supreme for the Libertarian Party 2020. Things that I never thought I would say out loud, but it's been a blast getting to vicariously understand the cycle through you and everything that you and uh, Matt Wright, uh, lesser writer, have been doing at the Muddied Waters of Freedom. It's been uh, yes, lesser writer, yep. lesser writer. You know, we we can't let him think he's getting better because then he might try. That's true. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want to support him in by uh, complimenting him or by giving him you know uh, a, a goal to accomplish. We just want to kind of keep him suppressed in, in a medium energy situation as much as possible like a very abusive relationship and not that <laughs> anyone is interested but they should go ahead and check out matt's books um can you keep a secret was uh not much of a secret but it's it's worth a read it's worth an amazon anyway spike by the time people are listening to this it's probably after the convention but we're recording this several weeks prior and i gotta tell you it's been fun. This is actually the first election cycle since 2015 I am not a part of. So I don't know any of the gossip. I don't know any of the juicy secrets going around. But are you guys actually having a convention or are you going to try and contract those people that did the Iowa caucus to try and do this all virtually? Yes, the shadow app. We are going to bring we're going to bring you a new and improved version of the shadow convention, which is what we're going to call it. No. Um, so it's still completely up in the air right now. Um, I, it looks like everyone's coalescing around the idea of either having a full convention on the same week that it was scheduled before, which is the Memorial Day weekend, uh, long weekend there, or uh, having just the nomination during that time, the presidential and vice presidential nomination, and then having some kind of a, the rest of the convention some other time at a later date. Um, because in order, if they wait much longer than into June or July, then they risk not meeting the deadlines for some of the states to be able to have whoever our nominees are uh, on the on that state's ballot 
Um, so it's kind of a mess right now. It's almost as though we're having to deal with both a pandemic and a dystopian series of state lockdowns uh, as a result of it uh, in real time as things are changing. So it's, it's kind of crazy. I, I do not envy the members of the LNC uh, who are trying to figure out how to do this right now, the, the, oh, the board oh, members. No. Yeah, I mean, this I is definitely th- this is one of those things where I almost feel like saying just just do it. Just like actually just hold it in Texas, but only do it like for a day. I know that sometimes the the whole ballot process takes hours and days even. I know in 2016 it took several days, but it's like right. it's I this is going to get messy. Oh yeah, it's going to be messy regardless. And, of what and I don't do. think it's going to be like anyone's fault. Like this is this is a bad situation regardless. Oh no, it's there's no whatever they decide is going to piss off a lot of people. Like there's no there's no situation in which people are not going to be angry as a result of this. Um and probably close to half like regardless of of what decision they make, because there is no really good one. The ideal decision would be to do what they had already planned to do. But how do you, obviously, how do you do that without, um, you know, uh, potentially putting people at risk uh, and, and having a lot, or, you know, even just having a lot of people who are immunocompromised or sick or elderly uh, or, or who have, you know, loved ones or, or people they caretake for who are, you know, have pre-existing conditions or are immunocompromised or are elderly who they don't want to bring it back to, or people who live in states where there's a mandatory 14 day, uh, quarantine in home, you know, quarantine after they come back from somewhere. Like there's just so many factors of what would happen if it, cause I mean, yes, the first impulse is let's just do it. Let's just do it. And, you know, dare them to stop us. Um, well, I mean, everyone, there's, should just no, walk there's around just not a good like, answer to this. And yeah, so, I mean, people should just walk around with masks, gloves, condoms. I mean, it's almost like a yeah. bubble boy situation. Yeah. Everyone, uh, everyone comes in in a, in a, in a, you know, in an actual bubble with an oxygen tank, then we'd probably get away with it then. Um, so that, that would, but that would present all new logistics of having everyone rolling around in their own personal bubble. And, um, and what if, and what if there are only stairs and there are no ramps for you to roll up or down? <laughs> I mean, that's gonna, that's gonna cause some injuries and then that's just a whole other thing. And then it's a whole are, other thing. Yeah. 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 F- folks who are listening, who don't know how the libertarian, uh, nominating process works, um, the, vi- the vice presidential nomination and the presidential nomination are separate. So yep. it's not like in the Democrats or Republicans where usually a VP pick is announced a few weeks, even a month prior, and then you're basically voting on both. Um, but the LP, and I, I always liked this model because I thought it forced people to compete more. But um, you, you, even though you're running with Vermin, you still have to earn the VP nomination separately. What's what's that? Oh, absolutely. Like? Yeah, yeah, no, it's... it's that, that does not... So like it, it sounds... It, 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 I'm I'm sorry. It just doesn't, it doesn't sound fun because it's like, Oh, you could be running with somebody, but then at the same time, it's like, I need to take care of myself enough and make sure that I'm pushing myself up enough, uh, you know, enough out there. What's that like? That's the part that isn't fun. Right. So like I came into this race primarily to, because I believe Vermin is a, is a uniquely good pick for us, especially in this cycle where you have two generations, uh, the younger millennials and the older Gen Z 
uh, who are completely disaffected by this society and the electoral process, who feel completely dejected by how things have gone, especially in this in the Democratic nomination process, and who love vermin. They've been following vermin. They, um, you know, that they are absolutely on board with, with with vermin and his shtick and his message and everything else. Even though a lot of them are not into libertarianism at all. In fact, some of them are actually hostile to the ideas of libertarianism. And so he presents a unique opportunity to earn a bunch of votes for not just the, the president and vice president for the entire down ballot, but the entire ticket for the LP, uh, an unprecedented number of votes and to bring people in. We call it boot pilling. It happens every single day. We get hundreds of people who contact us and say, you know, what is his actual message? What is this really about? Is this, you know, uh, I, I thought libertarians were all just selfish and wanted to not be told what to do and be able to keep their money and didn't care about anyone else. And it presents a perfect opportunity to explain what libertarianism is about. And, and because it's done through the filter of vermin, they are a lot more agreeable to it than they would be if just some libertarian person were, were you know, engaging them. They would have never engaged them in the first place. So I believe that he is a very unique opportunity for us to subvert the media trap that they set for us in every single damn election cycle. That every single time, uh, you know, all you have to do is just present a very respectable candidate who's going to give passive interviews to our, our, our you know, August team of, of reporters and, and, and anchors. And then we'll give you a seat at the table. And every single cycle, they uh, just give us a bunch of gotcha questions. They're already doing it to Justin Amash. They're putting him on the on the on the uh, on the spot every single time they they interview him, and he falls into it because he is a professional DC Beltway interviewee, and uh, he's falling into exactly what it is they want him to do. And uh, you know he'll get three point whatever percent of the vote if he's the nominee, and we will be, have another cycle of irrelevance, or we can break that cycle and actually put up someone who they have to pay attention to because they're a dying uh, medium and they need the ad revenue. And, he, and, and instead of having them control the conversation, we control the conversation because we have a well-worn political satirist on there uh, to uh, satirist on there to you know to basically lampoon them on their own platform, make them question their precepts and ideas, make them look like the fools, and and let the American public be in on the joke that is the system. Um, so that's why I got into this race. But with that said, I'm also running for myself. And so I have talked with a lot of people who will say, yeah, I like you, but not vermin. What the hell am I supposed to say to that? <laughs> like, what am I supposed that, to say to someone? That's the part where, you know, if I were in your shoes, I don't know how I would respond to that. It's a tough one. So if someone says, I like vermin, but I don't like you, I go, okay, great. Well, thank you for supporting vermin. I'm, I'm happy. That's primarily why I was in this race. Um, because there's no point in trying to convince them if they're at that point, then you could probably talk to like five other people who are still undecided. Yeah. And I mean, there's, you know, there's, uh, you know, I get a lot of people who are saying the opposite. They're saying, you know, I, I don't like vermin, but I like you. Or and I shouldn't say I don't like vermin because they, I've met very few people who actually don't like vermin. It's I'm not sold on vermin's you know, that vermin doing his satire routine as our presidential nominee is the best way forward for the Libertarian Party. And, I, and I'm worried about the optics. And I would agree with them this time last year. So I totally get it. And I, and I try to sell them on it and try to explain why that is that, you know, I think they should go with vermin. But again, I'm also running my own, not necessarily standalone, but it is a separate campaign. I, I'm running my own campaign for, you know, for uh, the vice presidential nomination and, and, and vermin and I have both said that if one of us gets the nomination and the other one doesn't, then whoever does get the nomination will humbly serve. And whoever doesn't get it will support that ticket. Um, obviously we, we prefer, uh, for many reasons for us to be the, the full slate, but we aren't in control of that. 
Um, so it's no, it's a tough one. It is, like I said, it is my least favorite part of the campaigning is when someone is, you know, uh, it, it, it's, they want me to explain to them if I'm okay. So they'll, you know, they'll say, I'm, I prefer candidate X for, for president as opposed to vermin and you, and now I'm on the spot on the spot to either throw vermin under the bus and go, well, you know, I love candidate X. He's a great guy. Uh, or, or to double down on saying, well, that's great. But I, I, you know, here's why I support vermin. The tact I've taken, uh, is saying, you know, I appreciate your support. And, uh, usually, you know, most of their, whoever their candidate X is that they, that they support first is typically someone I have respect for. And I'll say what, what I respect about them and like about them. Um, but then I, I pivot back to why I think vermin is our best pick. And that's really all I can do because I, I did not come here to throw anyone on, under the bus or to try to promote myself above someone else or anything like that. Um, so, but, it, but like I said, it is easily my least favorite part of this. Yeah. I think that's why so many people really try not to do what you guys have done. It's do the not, slate. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not the most traditional model in terms of how libertarians try and do this in the general election. Right. Um, I, I know in 2016, it was just such a freaking mess. And I mean, it was, I think the only, uh, there, there was, there was the guy from New Hampshire. I forgot his name. He was running with the dude whose shtick is the Muslim libertarian thing. I, I know both. I, I like, I can see their faces. I just don't. Oh, Will, 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 Will Coley. Yeah. Will Coley was the VP for the dude in, in New Hampshire that was always getting arrested for stuff. Oh, Daryl Perry. Yes, yes. Yes. And like they did it. And what's, what's funny was they were actually the first late that cycle. And then Gary Johnson came in with Bill Weld. And right. I, I loved seeing Gary squirm when he was begging delegates to vote for Bill. But luckily, <laughs> luckily that that's not the case. Are, are you happy that Bill Weld didn't jump in at all this cycle? I mean, about that. I just need to get it off my chest. Like I, I, I'm happy. He's not. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm glad he didn't try again, but I also wouldn't have been terribly worried because Bill Weld is why Lincoln Chafee didn't happen. I mean, let's be clear. Uh, I think Lincoln Chafee, who, by the way, I mean, I, I met Lincoln. I I don't have anything negative to say about him as an individual or anything. I'll I'll say negative things. No, I know. I know. I know you will, but I know I'll I'll leave that to you to say the negative things, but Lincoln Chafee would have had a better shot if we didn't have the point of reference of Bill Weld. Um, of someone coming in and saying, yes, my voting career is almost entirely against what you believe, uh, but I totally promise that I will support you. And look here, I even spent $1,500 for a lifetime membership, so you can totally trust me. I'm here for the rest of my life. Is that how much and- that costs? Yeah, fifteen hundred bucks. That's a drop in the bucket for. Well, well, here's the thing. Like him, hey, on, honestly, now, but here's the thing. It is actually a better deal uh, instead to spend the fifteen bucks each year and bank that you will not live a hundred years. So you are actually spending a little <laughs> bit more for that lifetime membership. Plus, also before that's before you factor in inflation and everything else. But no, I mean it, it is a very small price to pay for fifty state ballot access, which costs millions of dollars. Uh, unless you're a Republican or Democrat, it costs millions of dollars and it costs countless man hours of, you know, ballot petitioning and everything else. Uh, what's 1500 bucks on the scale of things that yes, that I thought it was 15,000, which still was a deal. No, 1500 bucks gets you a lifetime membership. Um, but so he was kind of, uh, Bill Weld inoculated us to 
Lincoln Chafee and, and that concept. Uh, Bill Weld is still a bit of a specter for Justin Amash, even though Justin Amash definitely has a, a more Liberty friendly record um, uh, or at least Liberty adjacent record as a legislator. Um, the, the, the idea of the Republican coming in last minute and saying, you know, I totally stand with you um, and I totally support the LP. I decided that just now moments before your nomination that you've always been the one it's, it's, it, it, we have received somewhat of an inoculation to that, or at least a, a resistance to it as a result of Bill Weld. So in that respect, I am grateful, at least in this cycle that Bill Weld, you know, that we had to go through that, that abuse to, to recognize it again. Yeah. I mean, if anything, a lot of that has really broken down a lot of the strawman arguments that would typically go against more under, you know, uh, underdog candidates. Right. The, the biggest thing, the, the only case I really saw for anybody who was like a diehard Lincoln Chafee person. And I mean, I saw a few of them and I'm like, you didn't know who he was like two weeks ago. And if you did, you wouldn't have liked him. Right. It, it, right. Always, it always came down to name recognition. And I'm like, that doesn't apply now because if that is all you care about, I mean, look at look at who has look at who has the most amount of followers on Twitter. It's it's vermin. So you know, using your argument, you're going for the person that you wouldn't want because you're well, just and, saying, and, I want and going even further. People, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and going even going even further, the person with the most followers is Donald Trump. Like if, if, if that is ultimately what we are doing here, if we are ultimately saying we need to go with name recognition over principle, then that takes us down a road we're not going to like. And, and like you said, it, 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 in terms of LP candidates, it leads us straight to Vermin, who has combined uh, a half a million social media followers between Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, um, uh, not Pinterest, uh, uh, all the other places. Yeah, all of the internet venues, he has the greatest following. And the reason he has the greatest following is because he's built himself up as an actual brand uh, and, and across entire spectrums of people who typically are not agreeable to the libertarian movement. So if you add that to the existing libertarian sphere, that makes his reach even greater. Now, let's talk about real name recognition here. Justin Amash or, 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 or Lincoln Chafee or any of the people who have more of a social media reach than most libertarian candidates who can number their, their supporters in the hundreds or, or single thousands, they aren't outsized characters. So they are people who outside of liberty circles, outside of political circles, no one knows who they are. If you go down and ask someone, do you know who Lincoln Chafee is or Justin Amash is? They're almost it, it assuredly going to say no. That, it, it outside, you know, just if you just, usually, I would I would disagree with you on that one. But that's really the the truth I've learned, and that's something that I didn't realize until I started traveling the country, primarily in 2019, because people yeah. like that are really only like Beltway Politico famous. If I go to a random Damn. person yep. who is like a self proclaimed Republican, and I say Justin Amash they might have never heard of him. They have no clue who you're talking about. And here, but here's the thing and, and, and possibly true of vermin. Although I have found when I'll say, do you know who vermin Supreme is? And they'll say no. And I'll say he wears a boot on his head and he promises ponies. They'll go, I've seen that before. I, that they've, they've, him since 2008 and I was in eighth grade. Yeah. I, I, I first heard of him in 08 and I've been following him uh, quite a bit since 2012. But with all that said, if we're looking for bang for your buck in terms of name recognition, who do you think is going to get the most attention from the media and the general public if they get the nomination? 
I guarantee you it's vermin. It's going to be the one who is already somewhat in the public consciousness and, and the, the news cycle of the libertarian party, the third largest political party has nominated a, a man who has created a persona of himself as a time traveling wizard who promises to kill baby Hitler. Uh, and I've added to that. We're going to kill baby Woodrow Wilson first. Uh, making killing baby Hitler unnecessary, but we're still going to kill him anyway because screw that guy. But to go back in time and kill a U.S. president while they're an infant, we're about to find out. Um, so you know, we, I, I don't believe so. I, I feel like you know, pre-crime. I don't think we're at because that's actually pre-crime in the truest sense. Is uh, pre we do something before it could actually be a crime. Um, so yeah, no, I we'll, we'll find out together. But nominating someone like that is going to generate so much intense attention. And are many people going to laugh at it and go, oh, that's silly? Of course they are, but they were never going to vote for us anyway. Is it going to bring that 46% of people who never pay attention to politics? 46% of eligible voters do not, did not vote in the last election, did not participate uh, in you know, uh, uh, any uh, you know, election-related things. They turn off the news when it goes to politics because they think the whole thing is a lie. They've, they've basically, because they figured it out, the whole thing's a lie. Politicians lie to, lie to you. Doesn't matter who you vote for. That They're not listening to you. Your vote doesn't matter. They get it. They get that the system is completely screwed up. Someone like a vermin as a massive protest vote is just the kind of character that's going to get them out. And if we can, and if nothing else, we, we earn, uh, you know, an unprecedented number of votes and, 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 and score high enough in polls to get vermin on the debate stage. Cause who the hell doesn't want to see that? But if we do nothing else, but that it will be a win. But the reality is that's not all that's going to happen. If we get that much attention, I've already seen it firsthand. When we have thousands of people paying attention to vermin saying, you know, stopping Pete Buttigieg's car and saying, you know, you stole my idea. I'm boothead head. Give me my name back. And, and people chanting boothead head in New Hampshire, that's going, that filters down to hundreds and sometimes thousands of people contacting us to find out what we're about, joining our team, signing up for the Libertarian Party. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Did that actually happen? Yeah, that actually happened. Oh that actually God. happened. That and he, awesome. uh, we went to Bernie Sanders victory speech. I came in holding a pony head on a stick and I held it up like a scepter heralding the arrival of our new president. And he comes in, you know, with his hands on his lapel and looking around and nodding knowingly. Everyone stopped, um, probably about a third of the audience stopped paying attention to Bernie mid victory speech. By the way, the last victory speech he's given, um, cause that was the last <laughs> time he won anything. Um, people stopped paying attention to that. These are Bernie bros. These are Bernie fans. These are not just the general public. This is actual Bernie fans. Some people came hundreds or thousands of miles to see Bernie Sanders. They see Vermin Supreme. They drop all of their stuff and come over, jump down from the bleachers to have their selfies taken with Vermin, to have their pictures taken with Vermin. They're having their selfies taken with me and having me sign stuff. They don't know who the hell I am. They just see I'm with Vermin. We were there for two and a half hours, for almost two and a half hours, just over two hours. Security tried to get us out. Bernie had long since left, but there were so many people crowded around us, they couldn't physically get to us. And so they just had to naturally allow the crowd to work its way through. We did, I don't know how many thousands of selfies we did that night, but here's what I do know. A bunch of Bernie bros, and, and it happened at the Yang event, it happened at the Tulsi event, we did it at all of them. A, bu- a bunch of Bernie bros made contact with us and started following us and started, you know, hashtagging vermin. And those are the same people now saying, I'm going to write in vermin if he's not on the ballot, because I hate all my, uh, all of the options that are being presented. They don't give a shit about Justin Amash or the Libertarian Party or anything else. And it's nothing against us. They just don't care. 
They just have been left behind by the system. And vermin supreme is the biggest F you they can give to everyone. And so that's what he represents. If we can boot pill them into libertarianism, let's do it. Here's the point, Remzo. In that moment, that two hours of doing that, I interacted with more people than every single libertarian convention or event I have been a part of online or offline combined in two hours. That's what Vermin Supreme represents. It's why I'm behind this uh, campaign. It's why I decided to even run in the first place is because if we want to take that next step and be revolutionaries instead of reformers and go back to the role of the Libertarian Party to you know, fight and, and challenge the cult of the omnipotent state and be a subversive organization that is going to actually grow in the ranks, not just to become the next D.C. Beltway Party, but to become an actual force for making some kind of cultural change to uh, change the conversation towards, you know, away from constant growth of government and towards the idea of even questioning whether we need a government in the first place. That's not going to happen by playing the same game we've been playing for 49 years it's going to take a drastic change a complete departure and deviation from that and that's what i believe vermin represents so kind of kind of taking things back a few steps obviously this has been this has been some of the most wild couple of months of your life oh gosh yeah yeah yeah, oh yeah statement what what was how has this been in terms of your personal life i mean you still have to have a a job, right? Like you're still working. You didn't No, I, I, I sold my, um, uh, I sold my web design company three years ago. That's what, and I, I jumped, jumped into muddy waters shortly after that. Oh, wow. So this really is your, your this is my thing. full-time thing. This is what I'm doing. This and the only financially independent person running. I just realized <laughs> that. No, like that's like, that's a huge compliment. Like most people in their regular lives can't say that, but to say that you can really do this. I mean, obviously for people that knew about money's wharf, money wires of freedom before that to be able to do that and now be able to do this i mean that must that must be a lot of stress that you do not have to deal with yeah i mean the stress is mostly just the actual what i'm doing i mean i'm making countless delegate calls and and functionary calls every day the actual work itself is 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 it's like a nine to five job yeah i wish nine to five it's like a when i wake up to when i pass out job yeah it is a it is an all-consuming thing um and you know before before, you know, we were all told to stay home and everything was shut down. I was having to travel to do it. Um, and so I guess the one silver lining to all of this, if there, if there is to be one is that because it's now all online, it allows me to do a lot of it while I'm sitting outside in the sun with my wife and my dog and hanging out, or, you know, it allows me to still do home cooked meals at home and stuff like that. So that's one benefit personally to me in this whole thing. But before that I was traveling around the, the country. I was going to conventions. I was going to college campuses and doing events. I was going to, uh, you know, we were trolling other politicians campaign events that, you know, to get media earned media. I was doing, uh, all the same media interviews that I'm doing now. I was going to, uh, uh, we were doing door knocking, uh, campaigns and housing projects and, and, uh, and, you know, subdivisions and things like that. So, I mean, it has been a full on, I wish it was nine to five. I wish I could be able to do this just from nine to five. It is a, when I wake up around probably seven, eight o'clock, uh, until I finish my last zoom call or delegate call sometime around probably midnight or one. Uh, and then I wake up and I'm doing it all over again. And I'm just kind of taking time during the day to, you know, enjoy a few moments with my family and, uh, and, or to do the, you know, stuff I actually need to do the rest of the time, like, you know, shower and eat, uh, and things like that. So, I mean, it's, it is, it is all encompassing, but it has been incredibly, um, it's a fun kind of challenging 
And it's been very rewarding. One thing I haven't had since I sold the company, um, is that, that fighting for, you know, to get the contract over some other company or to get that, you know, to upsell someone on, on a, you know, a bigger project or, you know, that, that those, those, uh, dopamine rushes that come from those wins. And now those things are, you know, getting in the debate and, you know, or getting in the forum and doing, you know, doing the best that I can or winning a poll, you know, those it's that same type of, you know, it's that same type of, uh, of that, uh, of, of, of adrenaline rush to try to, you know, go for, um, I'm just not making any money, but it's that same kind of adrenaline rush to try to, you know, get these small victories on the way to some, you know, hopeful larger victory. So it's, it's very challenging. Uh, and it's definitely, uh, it's definitely all encompassing, but no, it has been, it, 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 the one thing it hasn't been is a challenge in terms of like, well, you know, I'm having to work. I, I would not have done this if I had still had to work another job because I knew it would be challenging. I, I didn't expect the conversation to go this way, but just to kind of go on a side tangent, this is something that I actually talk about a lot. Um, you know, this is not a finance show, but I've talked about, you know, what, what is freedom. And I think especially now in the debt ridden, you know, world, the debt ridden society we live in right now, right, financial right. independence is one of the only things that can allow you the opportunity to live the life you want to live. And I'm not talking like live in the Hollywood Hills and just live off dividends and, you know, shit out gold bricks, but right, just have right. the opportunity to do what you want. That's a big thing. And I mean, for me, I'm, I'm on a, I, I think with the path I'm on right now, if everything I do, I want to retire probably around 45. I don't want to retire when I'm 65 and probably going to shoot myself. Like I, uh, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, like, it's, yeah. it's a tough. Yeah. So listen, I, I, um, my goal was always to be a billionaire by sometime between 40 and 50. That was a goal or if not a billionaire, like those are just the good reasonable for, for like middle-class people like us, like that, like the, like the late forties. I think that that's a good goal because you're still young, but you still have a lot of time to do stuff. So you're not, you know, you've, you've done, you've done the work necessary to earn those golden years. Right. Exactly. And that was my goal, you know, get that, whatever 30, 40, 50 years I have left, hopefully, you know, there's, hopefully we end up having radical life extension and all the, all the benefits of that. But regardless, however many years I have left, I'm very, very comfortable, but I wanted to be very, very rich, not just, you know, millionaire. I wanted to be a billionaire and I was, I'm not sure if I was well on my way to being a billionaire, uh, by my forties or fifties, but I was certainly well on my way to being in the eight, nine figures route more than likely. And, uh, uh, what happened was in uh, 2014, the right side of my body went numb. And I said, oh, there's a problem here. And a couple of weeks later, they determined that I had had what might end up being MS. And that kind of wow. made me start rethinking things. And then in 2016, I had my second relapse and I was diagnosed with MS. And they started talking to me about what MS could look like and that the best case scenario was to try to use treatments and, and wellness programs and so forth to make my rate of progression of my disease not be much different than the natural aging process. And that hit me like a ton of bricks because oh, I, realized that, I realized that even if I hadn't gotten MS, we all have this progressive illness called senescence, which is our body slowly deteriorating over time. And it completely reformed how I thought about everything. So now instead of caring about spending another 10, 15 years grinding for a bunch of money, it made me really think about what do I want to actually do? 
what is my purpose here and how do I want to, how do I see myself fulfilling that? And will it be to continue this web design company? And I realized, no, that's actually not, this was always an ends to a means and it's now looking like, or a means to an end. And it's now looking like my, my timeline here may have shifted slightly. Um, I have been saved. I've been stable now. My MS has been stable for three years now. So that's, that's been a really good thing, but you know, we're still getting older, right? Like I'm still three years older than then. And so shortly after that, I sold my company, spent about almost a year doing kind of a, a hiatus of sorts where I spent a lot of time relearning what, how to live my life. I spent a lot more time doing mindfulness and exercise and lost about a hundred pounds. I did, you know, uh, a, a lot of, uh, you know, retraining myself to work out every day. And I still do that now, uh, changed my diet to a very radical diet. But in doing all of that, I spent a lot of time in, in, uh, contemplative thought about what did I actually want to do and what, and I, you know, the whole, what your guidance counselor would do, uh, you know, uh, if you didn't have, if money wasn't an object, what would you do all day long? Uh, and the answer for the first few months was nap because I was exhausted. Uh, and then after that, once I got my napping in the next, you know, the next logical conclusion to that, when I started thinking, what do you want to do? Well, it was obvious. I want to tell people who don't realize they're in gilded cages that they are indeed in a gilded cage, that they would be far better off outside of that cage and truly free, and that many of their fellow humans are in cages that aren't nearly as gilded and are actually very restrictive and terrible cages, and that our comfort is what allows them to have that imposed on them. And that is how I have, that's what, that's what my involvement in Muddy Waters has been. That's what my show, My Fellow Americans has been. That's what this campaign has been. Whatever I do in the future, if I'm the nominee or not, that's ultimately what my goal is. Sharing a message of self-ownership, non-aggression, liberty, freedom, voluntary solutions over coercive ones, the libertarian message, not just the libertarian party, but the actual libertarian philosophy uh, with the public, with people that have never heard such of a thing. You know, you, you said something which is just so true. Um, even though you didn't have to go back to the regular nine to five grind, you're still working. Oh, and yeah. I think that's why, you know, that, that was the biggest thing for me. That's why I say 45, because I still want to be in good working condition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm not doing like the fire method, the financially independent, retire early type of thing. Right, I, right. 45, because like I like having my nine to five job. I enjoy working. Yeah. I enjoy doing what I'm doing. And other than my regular job in the newsroom, I've got multiple streams of income that I'm constantly developing. And I'm constantly working on other stuff to build up my wealth. So it's good. I can be financially independent. So that way I'm not just working for somebody else. I'm working for something that I really care about. Right. Money is not the reason why. Exactly. Exactly. Pursuing an actual, an actual goal and legacy and something that you want to build for, for what your actual goal and purpose is in life and preferably something that you can then pass on to others, whether they're your children or just the heirs of your, of your legacy of, of what, what you've been building that they can move forward with. That's, that's really what the goal is here, man. Like we, you know, it's for a long time, I was like, I want to have my own plane and I want to have my own yacht and all of that stuff. And then I realized, you know, in my day to day, before I was doing this, it's very powerful that I can wake up when I want, 
I can, you know, before, again, before all of this, go to the grocery store every day and, you know, pick up fresh foods that I cook for myself and have that sort of carefree attitude. I'm not in a rush to get back home to do something. I, I mean, again, now I am like every, at least for right now, everything is in a very like, you know, my, my, when my you're not running for vice president of the United States, right. When I'm not running for vice president of the United States, you know, I can take a, a you know, a, 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 a very slow drive back home and go by, I, I live a few blocks from the beach and go by the beach and, and hang out there and look at the water, uh, you know, during the summer, go to the water pretty much every day and swim for at least an hour or so like do that kind of stuff to actually enjoy life. Because the reality is there's a bunch of people with their own 747s and their own yachts and they're miserable because they can't ever take the time to just enjoy what they have because they're constantly struggling to get whatever that next thing is. They're so addicted. They still have to work for something else. Yeah. They're working. They're not working for themselves. They're working for this other thing. And they got lost in the process at some point. And I, I would rather, you know, be, you know, in the financial position I'm in and actually like, enjoying the fact that I can sit for 10 minutes and, and enjoy this Cardinal sitting on the tree next to me and singing a song. Like, I, I know that sounds super hippie ish, but it, it's true. Like I am happier in that moment than a lot of these billionaires that are, have, you know, ha- at some point lost the whole purpose of why they were doing this. They're not financially independent. They're incredibly rich and entirely dependent on their, on this, you know, addiction to winning that they have. And, uh, I'm not sure you could say they're enjoying their life. I mean, they're they're certainly doing better than someone who's struggling and poor, but I, I, I don't want to be struggling period. I, I want my life to be when I struggle, for example, like with this, with this, you know, running for, for VP or whatever else I do, I want my struggle to be for something that ignites my passion that makes me excited to, you know, for what it's going to do for, for in in my case, for mankind, for my family, for my you're, you're working because of something and not just for something. Exactly, I'm, I, it's I have a purpose, and it, it, that is an incredible. It's something I didn't realize how important it was until I was being told that my immune system was trying to kill my brain, and then suddenly purpose matters. Um, so it's, it was I, in in a way it was a blessing. I certainly will never say I'm glad I got MS because I definitely am not, uh, and it is a is a terrible thing to go through. Um, but it is definitely the, the silver lining there is that it has forced me to look at what, what I actually wanted and needed in life, which was to have a purpose. And this is a, a con- continuous fulfillment of that purpose. I, I completely understand. And I mean, I, I had, I had some really dark moments after I graduated from college and, you know, over the years I've, I've definitely gotten better with a lot of things. And the, the one criticism I think, you know, some of my close friends give me more so now than before was, you know, Rem, so it seems like all you do is you think about money. You just think about, you know, how you can get more and how you can invest more and how to just get more after that. My thing is like, guys, I'm not doing it because I just want to acquire that. Right. I'm, tr- I'm trying to buy back time. Because that's yeah. all it can give me. Money is well. They say time is money. Money is also time. Like it, it works both ways. If you can get that money, if you can, if you can find ways to get money, and 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 like you said, multiple streams of income, maximizing your, you know, multiplying the multiplying your labor and, and so forth. All of that lends itself to you getting time back. And, and you have to decide on a, on an individual level, what that ratio of money to time is that's important to you. Um, but it, it really is, it is not, this life is not about, it's definitely not about, it's not about struggling to make yourself rich your entire life until you die. And it sure as hell isn't about struggling to make someone else rich your entire life 
until you die. It is, it is not about either of those things. It is about struggling to the extent necessary to build a financial ability for yourself to, to reposition yourself for what you actually want to do in life. And if you have children, uh, you know, positioning them to be able to do a similar thing uh, in their life and, uh, you know, whoever you care about positioning them in the same way. And, and that's also an extension of what I'm doing in libertarianism, because the, the more we remove these barriers to entry that the state has created, the easier it will be for everyone to actualize, to, to achieve self-actualization by not having all of these barriers and not be forced into a situation of having to just struggle to make someone else rich, uh, you know, until they die some, at some point. Absolutely. And speaking of important things, I know we're running up on time. So this will probably be the last question. Sure. What was, what was your wife's reaction when you told her that you were going to run for vice president with Berman of all people? Was this something that you talked about or was it like, Hey, I've got something to tell you that might be a little important. Yeah. So my wife is absolutely a literalist. She is the, one of the few people on earth that does not find me even remotely funny at all. <laughs> and, uh, it is, it is the funniest thing. It is, she does not find me at even slightly funny. And so the first time she met Vermin, she grilled him on animal welfare, you know, concerns she had about the free pony program. Like this, this, so when oh she, God. when, when I, um, when I was asked when Vermin and the team asked me, uh, in, uh, middle of November, if I would be his running mate, uh, and not just, they didn't just ask me, they said, we're already building our campaign around you. We believe you're the one. <laughs> so it was, you know, no pressure Talk or anything. About negotiation. Oh tactic. my gosh. No, they were the like, way, we already started working. Yeah. They're like, we already are building a team for you. So this is kind of a, you know, uh, you know, you can just walk into this. I'm like, Oh gosh. Okay. So I went to my wife, I was fairly certain she was going to say no. And, and the thing is like, I'm not going to do something like this if my wife's not on board and, 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 you know, or, or, or at least okay with it. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not going to do thing just to jump in real fast. I've worked on many campaigns and all the campaigns that imploded from the inside out came because one spouse was not keeping the other one involved, especially if they did not talk to them about what running a campaign would be like. Well, and, and that was the thing. So I, I, I came to her and I said, uh, Vermin Supreme and his team have reached out to me to be his running mate. And she said, oh, that's perfect. You like that kind of thing. You guys can be, can go and be fun and have fun. And that'll probably help with muddy waters too. And that'll help grow your, your, you know, your whole you know, legacy that you're trying to build with Liberty. And I went, well, that's different than what I expected you to say. But then, but then, so, so then I, so then I spent the better part of like a two days really just talking to her about what this will look like and, and, and what this will mean and, and the amount of time it will mean to, you know, and calling hundreds of people and, you know, all, all of this stuff. And she said, yeah, but this is what you want. And I'm like, okay, so you're good with it. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, then I guess I'm doing it then. So that was really the only hurdle, um, in this entire thing in terms of deciding whether or not to do it was just making sure my wife understood what we were getting into. And when she said, yeah, I was like, okay, then I guess that's what we're doing. Wow. That is, that, that is the one thing folks, I'm telling you free advice. I charge for this. If you don't get your spouse you know, to at least give you a blessing nonetheless, involved. Yeah. because you can yeah. run a campaign without having them involved. It's going to make it a bit harder in the morale side. But if you need, if you don't even get their blessing, you're not going anywhere, anywhere. You're going to the divorce court is where you're going. Honestly, like literally, in- literally yeah. crazy. Well, Spike, it's been great having you on, uh, for this segment. We're going to have you back in a couple of weeks after the convention is over to see what the hell is next. Um, where can people check out the campaign and everything else you're doing? 
Uh, you can go to Spike 2020. That's sort of my more satirical side. That's what I use for normie media when I want to get a bunch of attention from the from outside of libertarian circles. Uh, Spike 2020. Uh, my Twitter is at Real Spike Cohen. Uh, my Facebook is Facebook.com/slash Literally Spike Cohen. Or if you go to um, if you go to if you're doing the Facebook search bar, it's Spike Cohen, your next VP. Uh, also, I am on Muddy Waters Media. You can find us everywhere on every social media platform or on Muddy watersmedia.com and guys be sure to check out remzo's book i love satan and everything about him and i it is my life's goal to worship him um it, be it's sure only to, worth your soul of your first child. it's only worth your soul soul to watch to 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 read uh uh remzo's satan book is is the audiobook out yet the audio you know johnny and i are waiting to get the thing from amazon because they have to do a quality test and oh, okay it, it bugs me because they said 30 days it's like a four-hour book you can get you can get through i was it. gonna yeah it's a it, it shouldn't be anywhere near that but when that yeah. comes out definitely watch that or listen to that backwards um because that will release uh the um the demons in your home you'll find out which member of the beatles is actually an imposter <laughs> All right, Spike, thank you so much. Looking forward to talking to you in a few weeks. And uh, Absolutely, yeah. man. Perfect. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Not a problem. Talk to you in a bit. All right. shows and more from the We Are Libertarians network at wearelibertarians.com.